So that's what I'm saying. The text is like an object. It's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I missed you, baby sweet. It was a day. Hmm? It was a day. Please tell me you're seeing this too. From Seattle, we are drinking the movies. I'm Taylor Baker. And I'm Michael Clausen. Mm. We're still finishing up these uh, beers that we got from Hellbent. What was it again? Down with the Dankness, perhaps? We are still drinking Down with the Dankness. And I am so down with the Dankness. Are you down? I'm down with the Dankness. I don't think I'm quite as mm. uh, down with the Dankness as you appear to be. I'm going to keep drinking it. There we go. So this is the first episode we've ever done where we're still drinking the same beer. It is. For first impressions. Uh I guess Our another cheers, and we'll say to the end of an era. Cheers. It's all downhill from here. It was a good run. Uh, we're doing some first impressions on this one, uh, regardless of the fact that this is not a new beer. That's right. first impression. So, um... What are we doing today? We got All About Nina, and we have Wildlife. Which would you prefer right. to view first for our trailers? Let's do Wildlife. Wildlife it is. You know what they call the trees left up when the fire goes by? They call them the standing dead. Mom's dead. Is dead okay? Of course he is. His pride got hurt. That happens sometimes. That was the trailer for Wildlife, Michael. What do you think? I think this looks like a beautiful movie. Beautifully shot. Um, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I had never given Carrie Mulligan that much thought until Mudbound. I really liked her in Mudbound. Um, and now I am very much a fan. Um, eager to see what she does here. Um, don't know who's playing that young boy, um, but I'm intrigued by him as well. Um, uh, I, uh, I think it looks quite good. What about you? I agree. I do quite, like, you didn't dig her in Drive? Just? Um, not particularly. That was, oh. She was definitely not what I loved about Drive, no. She was definitely, like, the most character-driven character for me in Drive. That, ah, like, gotcha. provided me emotional stakes into the film. Gotcha. It's been a long time since I saw Drive. Maybe I'd connect with her more now. And then I think that she was really quite good in um, The Great Gatsby. Never saw The Great Gatsby. So. what there we go we Dude, got gaps. like the the most um when i think about like reviews that's the review that mm. i think of that loves color and sound the most mm. or like soundtracks yeah. so when i think about the things yeah. you like color and the use of songs like you must that's a big blind spot for you Baz Baz lurman's the great gatsby take I wasn't sure if it was maybe a little too bombastic stylistically for me. Oh, okay. I mean, that's pers- bombastic. Sometimes that's fun. It can't be. Sometimes I wasn't sure if it maybe had gone a little overboard. But Oh, it um, probably did with it. Yeah, I, I would say it went overboard with its audaciousness. But, you know, it, sometimes you just want to look at a regal prestige glory picture. Yeah. I guess. And that's that. maybe how I'd frame it. Yeah, she was okay. good there. You think she'll do similar she, work here? Here... She looks to me personally like she's giving her Michelle Williams Manchester mm. by the Sea performance. Ooh. Especially that like end that. when she's sitting in that chair trying to hold that face together. Mm. When she's um, 
when she's saying a, a man either has a woman or goes mad and mm. she's using that um, as an excuse so that she can go have this relationship with I don't remember the actor's name I want to say Tom Wilkinson but I think I might be mm. wrong yeah. um, older gentleman in this film it's it's a special looking movie I'm very excited yeah. for it and it yeah. speaks volumes of what's to come from Paul Dano yet yeah yeah I don't think we saw her in the trailer but uh, I think I saw that Zoe Kazan is in it as well maybe she's Hall's mistress perhaps perhaps um, she certainly like... is married to the director oh is that right I believe oh, I that, that her and Paul Dano are married oh. if not their life partners or however you want to frame that but yeah celeb gossip I didn't know that's good um, I like her quite a bit too um um solid cast um nice sound too uh that's gore um um very enticing really yeah. underlit it with a with a sense of power or something it, yeah it feels like it's got punches and it feels yeah. alive it feels like wildlife yeah yeah curious to see where they shot it looks like some beautiful locations um you'll see wildfires a lot in movies i know there was that one there was one that came out this year about some firefighters fighting um wildfighters specifically but i don't think that came out a, this year i think that came out uh, last year that could be um somewhat recently um josh brolin picture yeah yeah just such a startling phenomenon that i haven't really seen on film um i'll be curious to see how that melds with some of the uh emotional intensity of it yes mm. yes looks good I, yeah i don't really know how else to i i don't we'll definitely watch this one. <laughs> oh yeah for sure um, so they can look forward to that in a couple of weeks after this one comes out we'll definitely yeah. be talking about it um shall we get to all about nina whose trailer will decide whether or not we decide to watch it for the show <sighs> a lot of riding on this a lot of riding let's on do it, it. Hey, Nina. Comedy Prime. They're going to give one lucky lady their own one-hour special. Three impersonations, got it? Nina, this is Celine Dion. It's just Cher talking to you right now, and I believe in you. All right, Michael. We just watched the trailer for Eyeball about Nina. What do you think? I'm intrigued. I think it looks pretty good. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, the first thing I always associate her uh, with is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, sure. Any other roles you really liked her in? Yeah, um, Fargo. Ah, the show, yeah. Yeah. Um, The picture directed by the show's favorite, Chris. Which one? I don't quite remember what the name of it was. Do you remember our favorite Chris, though? Uh, Who was it? Do we agree on Chris? Was it Chris Pine that we agreed on? No, 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 no. Um, Friend of the show. Oh, friend of the show. Um, Oh, my God. I'm blanking on his last name. I'm so sorry, Chris. Um, Messina. Chris Messina. Yes. There's a oh, film right, right. with Christmas Cena. Um, yeah. Let's find it. It's his only directorial effort, as far as I'm aware. Yep. Beep. I can Beep. imagine the poster, but... Exactly. Yeah. Alex of Venice. Yeah. She gotcha. was incredibly good in Alex of Venice. Gotcha. Um, but then, you know, the the big ones are Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Gotcha. I yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah. Um, smashed. Yep. James Ponzolt one. And then she had a short stint on a PBS show called Mercy Street. That's actually really good. And then Mm. a one-off season with Tony Shalhoub of a CBS show called Braindead, which was very, very good. It was like this political satire about how, Mm. um, like, aliens or bugs came down and took over all of our politicians' heads. 
And she's like, like the, the only one that doesn't lose her head to it. Um, and she's cool. like aware of it, but trying to like make it, it. It was really, really good, and I can't believe it got canceled. Aww. Basically, all of America didn't watch it besides me. Is <laughs> the problem? So canceled. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. Well, real good though. So yeah, she's done quite a bit. I haven't seen enough of her work, but I've always liked her. Um, in what I have seen, um, this kind of looks equal parts drama and comedy to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I was maybe it's it's just partly because of the stand up um comedy but i thought about a uh, obvious child with yes. jenny slate that yeah. movie came to mind um, great female centric kind yeah. of dramedy um set in the the comedy scene definitely um uh, i thought that this would be uh her singing not her doing stand-up because she she mm. is actually quite noted for her r- vocal range and ability that oh, I, really? I thought all about oh, it would be that. more of a singing thing she's kind of like scarlett oh. johansson she has her own oh, side project a that. few times with her ability to sing and this is her doing stand-up which is yeah. gonna be interesting so she she sings under the name mary elizabeth winstead or did she have like a band or something i think it's a band name really and i don't cool. remember the name of it but i i I'll check that out got kind of into it i'll, nice. I'll pull it up for you there you go um it's got my boy common i like common yeah um common's underrated i like common Common's he was great in uh, the tale earlier this year mm-hmm. um arguably maybe the best performer yeah um he's solid man uh i don't know i mean he he seems like he's always gotten supporting roles um but he's just kind of a nice rock for these other leads to lean on Mm -hmm. um he's he's just kind of a pleasant uh screen presence um definitely strong strong source of support exactly what a supporting character is supposed to do yep um it looks promising uh, maybe kind of a fish out of water kind of element to it, you know, character moving from one city to another. Um, seems to be kind of maybe poking fun at that sort of L.A. Um, West Coast kind of culture. Um, it's just coming into Spec- that lady's specifically house. Specifically that super affluence where someone's like, I'm water-based. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not necessarily, that's not really West Coast so much as like really it's like affluent a little, a little West yuppie. Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm intrigued. Don't know anything about that director. That name doesn't ring a bell. Is it a debut? I think yeah. so. I saw that yeah. it was a name, so yeah, I, I, I didn't recognize it. It was Eve yeah. something with a K. So yeah, um, I guess for the listeners and deciding live, are we going to watch this for the show or not? It's up to you, Michael. Well, I do want to watch it. it this is purely a matter of scheduling. Right, it, it has less to do with interest and whether or not like I'll, but it, I'll make it. It's also a matter of whether or not you want to watch it. Well, it's at the Regal. It is. It's at the Regal downtown. The the Regal Meridian. Mm-hmm. I like the show times. TBD. TBD. I can tell you they've got two after seven. I think they have one at seven really? ten and one at nine every okay. weekday. Okay. Okay. So it's promising. It's a potential viewing. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, Absolutely. You're not committing one way or the other, even though we told the audience you would. Mm. All right. You told the audience mm-hmm. we would. <laughs> I know. I'm still trying to entrap you. I want <laughs> Very to give the listeners what they want. Commitment. Just lost to see. That's all. All right. Should we... Uh... Do a cold open on Cold War? Let's do it. First, a cheers. Mm-mm. 
dwa serduszka, cztery oczy. Oj, oj, oj. Co płakały we dnie w nocy. Oj, oj, oj. Czarne oczka, co płaczecie, że się spotkać nie możecie. Że się spotkać nie możecie. We saw this film at the Polish Film Festival of noted notoriety. Yes. In Seattle. Um, we did. We thought that it might not be too busy. However, there was a line around the block and basically an entirely packed crowd madhouse by the time I got in. I don't know exactly when you got in because you were waiting in mm. line quite early. That's right. I, uh, I, I got there early just to uh, read at a coffee shop nearby. thought to myself, hmm, looks like it's getting a little busy. I guess I'll just go ahead and get in line. And there was, I don't think that there was an empty seat in the house. There, the there was they... not. In fact, someone who had, someone who works there who had a seat gave mm. up their seat. Wow. For Thanks. someone standing in standby, if you recall. Probably some sweet Polish lady. No, it was, uh, it was, I think, the director's son. No, or not, the, not like the director, but like the, the person who assembles all the films mm. that Sif gets. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it was his father who, who works, who, who speaks Polish. Gotcha. To yeah. Address the crowd beforehand in Polish. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, packed house. Uh, did you get any sense for how the audience responded to it? Um, I mean, due to the fact that no one spoke English besides you, who sat beside me. Right. Uh, no, but I can tell you <laughs> that everyone generally seemed to enjoy the film, smiled, yeah. laughed, um, and that all the way into our cars we were probably telling ourselves oi 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 yeah yeah it is an interesting experience to watch it with with almost the entire theater speaking a different language when you're really just looking to their body language to mm -hmm. assess are you as into this as i am yes yeah and i would agree seemed quite positive oi 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 yeah oi 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 three oi oi oi's <laughs> <laughs> um yeah this is the second movie i've seen by this director um Ida hadn't seen for quite a while but it seems very similar in style sort of that stark black and white uh pretty disciplined cinematography and look um but I think it's a, a gorgeous looking film just to start uh with, with how it, it feels to look at the movie absolutely beautiful to look at yeah. it is I think equally beautiful to experience mm-hmm um, even though it's kind of this toxic relationship, mm -hmm. it's also incredibly magnetizing, and it, it mm. pulls you in. And, and you're, I don't, I, I derived as much pleasure from their suffering as I did from their pleasure. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a special movie. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's a chew in for uh, best foreign film based on what mm -hmm. I've seen, and I haven't seen the other ones. Yeah. So that's just how strongly I feel about this one. I think yeah. I gave it a perfect five with the heart. So. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, guess, I guess I forgot about that. This is yeah. my ordinary people. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, 
you know, people talking about how this was clearly the front runner until the possibility arose that Roma could win Best Foreign and Best Picture, um, which complicates things. I kind of feel like just give it one or the other, kind of open up the field a little bit. But also, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of great because I love Quaron so much. That's cool. He too. gave us the Prisoner of Azkaban. So there you go. Has it ever happened? Not that I know of. I don't know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we yeah. we'd be saying the Prisoner of Azkaban is basically the greatest accomplished director of all time and i'm okay with that if you believe the oscars are the best measure right no i just really (laughs) think that prisoner of azkaban should have won every award (laughs) got it just love that movie gary Um, oldman yeah uh yeah um yeah i thought it was a great movie um i really liked both performances um joanna kulig Mm -hmm. is that right Mm -hmm. um Live wire, that was kind of the word that came to mind, just kind of the electricity of her dancing, her singing. Um, singing, yep. Um, but the. Uh, drinking? The, and drinking, lots, plenty of drinking. Um, the male actor, I think, was equally convincing. He just doesn't get I think to it be. Was Thomas Kuntz? Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me check. He is just a bit more subdued, uh, so Thomas he maybe. Gotcha. There you go. He's you know he's a bit more subdued, so he maybe doesn't leap out. But I but I think um, he is a um, an important contrast to her um, electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it's uh, as romantic as it is tragic with with how it ends. Um, I uh, yeah. was certainly not um, left with the feeling of you know um joy coming out of it but um was uh very much swooning for their romance no matter how troubled it was what when you left did you feel negatively because i don't i didn't feel joy either but i didn't feel anything negative i felt like um like the sun was rising and i couldn't Mm. tell if there were clouds yet Mm. um I would describe it as sadness that um, the only way in which these two people felt like they could be together was in death. I mean, that was inherently a sad thought to me, no matter how sort of romantic their tragedy is. You think it's um, in death? That's how I interpreted it. Can you explain Weird. why? Uh, well, to me, this movie is mainly about um, how these two people seem to be um, unable to live uh, kind of with or with without each other sort of it's about how um, you know the, the, the kind of the political and geopolitical circumstances in which this relationship exists um, prevents them from ever uh, living their relationship to the fullest and how it just constantly feels like their their timing isn't right or something like that Um and an eternity in in death together is somehow what will be um, the least disruptive to their relationship. It's weird. I don't know if I've totally figured it out, but um, to me it is um, it is frustrating in how you want these two people to live so, together. Hold on, is that the line that they say when they get married? I don't remember. Well, because you keep repeating death. Mm. And I'm asking you where you're getting this from. I just think about uh, them 
at the very end of the movie taking these pills together. That's what I assumed oh. they were doing at the end of the film. Is that not what you assumed I, they were doing? I didn't even focus in on that. Oh, really? I didn't even really... Con- no, I just thought that that was... Um, no, that, that certainly adds another layer for me. Oh, I think yeah, I was yeah. so focused on why she was saying get to the other side of the road. Oh, yeah. To me, right? they were... The grass is always greener metaphor. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Right? And then they turn and like there is more grass that they're looking at and they're looking at this beautiful sun. And um, so th- perhaps that is a distraction of mm. their looming suicides gotcha. together. Yeah. Is what you're thinking. And those pills are definitely poison pills. Yeah, I mean, I certainly thought that they were committing suicide together. Do we agree on that or no? Or did you interpret it differently? I I wasn't sure. Got I just okay. was generally uncertain. Gotcha. I didn't know yeah. if it was ibuprofen or whether it gotcha. was poison. Gotcha, gotcha. Because um, I, I don't remember them taking a bunch of pills. It was just like a pill each, right? It's weird. I think there were there were multiple Okay. There were like three that they kind of lined up each, right? On okay. the little, little altar in a bombed out church. Um, so I interpreted um, them crossing that road as if they were crossing over to the other side together. Gotcha. Okay. Which is interesting. You saw it differently. Well, when um, when I first watched it, I wasn't even sure that they were pills. Oh, gotcha. I, I didn't know if it was like this weird Polish custom gotcha. for marriage. And then when I, yeah, I don't know. and then yeah. when I looked it up, it, it a lot of people made reference to the pills in the reviews. So gotcha. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe maybe it is something deeper. But I gotcha. still don't know whether or not they're gonna because they went back to where the bus is on the road. Yeah, and yeah. they're waiting for the bus gotcha. where they got off yeah. the bus on yeah. the other side of the road. Right, right. So it's right, like that's a great visual cue mm. to the fact that they're getting on the bus to or or rather the rather the boat to death yeah that exactly yeah that that's the right way to put it um because every every moment that they have together is deeply romantic um even as they kind of have this friction between them when they are together it just feels like they're somehow bound to each other um it's a sultry sexy juicy chemistry that's just yeah i i was so happy to watch it yeah um but the circumstances just kind of keep getting in the way right um or they um, keep getting in the way right and that's what that's what's kind of complicated about it is the extent to which you think it is um them that are having a problem with each other or is it a movie about how um bigger um forces are um, affecting, affecting their relationship or is yeah. it both and is, is it, it is the, both and that's is it the making, fact that they yeah. love each other so much and that keeps bringing them back yeah it's so it was, beautiful maybe if it was one or the other it'd be less interesting i think it is yeah. a combination of both i mean i think there are moments of them together that are uh hard to watch like there's a moment when he slaps her right like not every moment is joyous um but then there are moments when you feel like they are 100 percent meant for each other um and that's uh i think a good thing that it's complicated it's not too simple um but yeah i mean i i, I did sense almost exasperation at that conclusion as they were taking those pills it's them saying we are done with this world nothing in this world has helped us 
be together in the way we want to be together. Um, which uh, I did not get that away, and you, oh, you didn't even write that in a review. I know. I I uh, I, I kept it short, um, but uh, yeah, that's how I that's how I interpreted the ending, and I think I do. No, I think you're um, probably right. It's just I didn't I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think I was just so swept up in the romance. Yeah, and hope. Yeah. That I was like trying to not look <laughs> at the pills. You're like, it's gotta be optimistic. She right? got you out of prison. She left her husband. She left her son. You guys are yeah. married now. You're gonna be yeah. so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it is a a, a tragedy. Um, but um, a beauty but a deeply, of a tragedy. Yeah, a deeply romantic one. Um, and. Uh, you know, I, I I liked sort of those skips in time um, over the the course of the film. Oh, you know? great decision! Yeah. It, yeah, it was jarring at first, just because I was trying mm. to adapt. Yeah, to where we were. Yeah, but once we were there, we were there, and, and yeah. we were never not there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To me, it really emphasized sort of the 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 cost of um, lost time on this relationship. Um, you know, you're 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 um so happy each time they do reconnect but you also kind of feel the, the time that they didn't spend together since they last saw each other and it just feels like these um these moments that are gone um and when these moments do slow down like i think one of my favorite scenes besides her dancing because that's just great oh yeah really? um, oh yeah is when they're on the boat i don't even remember what city they're in but they're on the boat he's holding her and the camera is just kind of lingering on uh the buildings and the architecture around him as the boat is uh moving and it's like it's just so nice when when the movie finally slows down because so much of this is about um time that they lose with each other mm-hmm. um that you really treasure so you, when they do have time together in, in your review you referenced astutely and aptly mm-hmm. The before trilogy. Oh yeah, and that is exactly what this movie felt like. It felt like a super abbreviated, yeah, total version of the before trilogy. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Just sort of the effect that you know what a moment with another person can feel like, and how long that can feel, or how short it can feel, and then um, to spend a long time away from another person, and how devastating that can be. You know, just just. It, it, it's kind of hard to articulate without like kind of going through scene by scene, but I think um, I think the movie just feels rich with that kind of idea about how um, the passage of time um, dr- uh, affects your relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, I, I think that visually we maybe best see it, or or maybe it's visually best articulated to the viewer when he makes this plan with Joanna to leave. And he's crossing from east to west Germany. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in east Germany right next to the line, smoking basically an entire pack of cigarettes. And it seems like when he finishes the pack, he, he leaves with a slow shift of his face mm-hmm. o- over the, this moment. Like, because um, this is an 85 minute movie. Yeah. But a, a huge chunk of, you know, when you think of portions of a scene, a huge chunk of time, almost three to four minutes, is spent on him smoking these cigarettes, waiting yeah. for her. And the fact that she never comes and the slow shifts that happen on his face, I, mm. I think really visually cue us in to, to what these emotions are and how to feel this stuff. 
oh, way yeah. that um, you know half of any of the before trilogy movies give us mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke's face. Yeah. You, you know, I feel like in four minutes they do what a half of a movie does with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just just a, a compression kind of up those yeah. same same ideas. Um, and it's uh, God, it looks beautiful and it just sounds great, right? I mean the uh, the music um, just just so accentuates the the the, the romantic feel of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, you said sultry right that's the right word smoky smoky jazz mm-hmm. right that's what they say in the trailer and i'm like yep it's the right way to put it um and it's uh just just uh an interesting arc you know she kind of goes from that you know um folk singing setting to these um smoky jazz bars um and there's that through line of the oi 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 um just really nice sort of sonic connective tissue but she also um, goes from this innocent young girl to this mm. not quite an old lady but you know a mother she goes yeah. from a daughter to a mother yeah. yeah and it's almost all away from him and it's these yeah. moments of separate adulthood or like separate longing for her true identity that she spends with him where she's the separate person that i i oh it just yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> I love their love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um you kind of just want to gush. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to to know what more to say about it. It's just because the things that you do say just kind of mean that much. Yeah. Yeah, um, cuz basically as soon as you loosen the hose for the faucet, mm. it's just all a gush and it's like how do you yeah. how do I frame this gushing into a way that people can understand it? Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't really know. It's like as much as first man was visual jazz this is emotional jazz mm. i guess is yeah. how i'd put it and yeah i i don't think that any adult audience that wants something serious and beautiful would be left wanting more after this yeah i think that you will be jarred by how quickly it ends with its 85 minute yeah. runtime and how it ends so abruptly like yeah. i was and like the it seemed like the entire audience was i couldn't hear them but everyone was talking in quite yeah. loud volumes about yeah right when it ended um yeah. so it, it it's something special and i love it i just it, it's hard to to frame it right yeah yeah um yeah i mean i gave it a four but like i don't know that i have complaints it's just almost like i feel like i almost just didn't get all of it because i was kind of jarred by the ending um and couldn't quite decide what to make of sort of these bookends. I remember at the start of the film, them being in that same bombed out church mm-hmm. and then returning there in the end to, to commit suicide together. Um, there's just sort of things. So like, there's some bigger ideas maybe that you want to suss out. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's less a criticism of the film than I think, you know, sometimes it's just about what you get from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like you're almost criticizing yourself as a viewer yeah. because you haven't yet processed as much as you'd like. And you're really mad at the distribution for not giving you it now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, just, just knowing kind of where this movie ends up on a second go around, I think will illuminate certain things about the beginning. And, um, you know, I don't see this going down by any means, but it could absolutely go up. Cool. Um, yeah. It's just about a matter of, um, you know, feeling like I can kind of get to the depths that I think are there. Yeah. I, I think that anything 
shot this expertly with this brutal sense of honest love just mm. i could just sweep all these movies up and put them in my five bin the before trilogy mm-hmm. this you know there's yeah. just something really special about these types of love stories because they feel so honest and there's so few that feel this honest like i yeah. don't feel like it's dishonest um yeah but I, I guess before we move on maybe the greatest strength that this does is how it transforms joanna from seeming like a legitimate 16 to 17 year old schoolgirl, yeah who just stabbed her father recently because he tried to rape her yeah and later is transformed into this elder mother who maybe is near 40 by yeah. the end if not older and how believable all of these makeup transitions seem yeah thomas yeah. caught age transition seems very realistic there's a yeah. supporting actor um yeah. who is russian i believe who seems yeah. very believable in his transition over time yeah um so those special or not special effects but rather makeup and, and mm-hmm. costume design and, yeah and the, the that sort of stuff was really expert really well done yeah 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 it's, especially in light of those jumps in time how smooth it does feel kind of despite that i think mm-hmm. it's kind of impressive right um you don't feel like that needs a strong time um, to work yeah yeah um the ending was maybe jarring for me um but i was never really um doubtful of who these characters become even though we don't see certain parts of their lives mm-hmm. um it's very smooth in that sense yeah um I know that I have a lot more to say, but I loved it. It's a lovely movie. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I guess it's time for <clears throat> my least favorite movie of the day. Do you know how much I love you? I love you more than everything. 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 beautiful boy which i had the highest of high hopes for ah did that hurt the rating uh even more than you think think it otherwise would have no this is one of those really weird cases where while i was watching it i became aware that i needed to completely dump all of my pre stuff that i came into the movie with and just Mm. try to find redeeming qualities Mm. but um the while there are redeeming qualities there are also some really strong criticisms that i have for some people in the film that i think Mm. are getting given a certain leeway because of where they are in their career and Mm. how people don't want to go against the grain maybe and criticize them Mm. which i think um is maybe just a a cultural agreement rather than actually someone looking at what's happening yeah Who are you thinking of? Timothy Chalamet. I had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. Yes. Uh, not a fan of his performance here. Uh, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's that he's not doing anything different. From what he has done before? Or what, yes. Or else? He's, he's just mixing what he did in Lady Bird and what he did in... Um, hmm. Shoot. Uh, call me by your name. He's mixing those hmm. two sensibilities of super emotionality, crying, being this raw... Hmm nerve quote-unquote where he seems like a raw nerve but he's really not because of the way that he's acting withholding and then kind Mm. of acting like he can also 
get the range to that dickishness that he has in mm-hmm. uh, Greta Gerwig's uh, Lady Bird. Liked him better there. No, I, I think that Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird are, are equally great performances by him. Yeah, yeah. And, better, and better that he's, a different boy, I, I, mean. I think that he's commingling both those performances and he's not doing anything original and I'm starting to pick up on his tendencies. Um, it seems like he's kind of recycling that character that he used in Hot Summer Nights, which mm. I, I know you haven't seen, but he, yeah. he's not... Um, he when Tom Cruise was young and he maybe did legend and stuff like, mm-hmm. like I, I saw this range where he was really going out there on a limb, trying out this mm. new emotion and, and trying it out. And I don't see mm. him trying something new out and really putting himself out there. He seems mm. like he's really restricting himself to what he feels comfortable doing. Gotcha. And you know, he's yeah. in one of my top 10 movies, you know, like it's not that I hate to be shallow at Oh, hostiles. Oh, hostiles. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not against him. It's just I I do think that people are giving him way too much leeway because he's a kid child star or whatever. He's like the next handsome Justin mm. Bieber or whatever, and it's like, yeah, maybe, but he's still not doing that good of a job here, guys. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that his performance here is one that I would like. Uh, particularly champion, but I, for me, it do did you know that it, most people are? Uh, not really, actually. I, M- I don't most know. It, it, are. are people gunning so, for like a supporting actor or something like that? Well, just all the reviews that I've seen are saying how great he is. In gotcha. this, and yeah. I'm just gonna push back on that and say bullshit. Gotcha. Definitely yeah. not. I mean, I, th- I think it's. I think Mar. I think Turney, solid. What Mar mm-hmm. Attorney does is more impressive than everything that every other actor does. And I think Steve mm. Carell's second tomorrow. Gotcha. I really think that what Mara Tierney pulls off um, w- with her her subtle emotions and how she manipulates her, her facial muscles and her neck muscles to really express stuff without saying it is mm. that next level. Yeah. It, yeah. It, for me, it reminded me of what Steve Carell had done in Foxcatcher, actually, as an actor. Oh, yeah. It's just this incredible performance. Mm. Kind of this tour de force, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, so... I'm certainly. I was certainly maybe a little more interested in Steve Carell than Timothy Chalamet in this movie, even though Chalamet's the addict who mm-hmm. naturally would draw some attention to himself. Well, it's based uh, on both their stories. Yeah, yeah, which is another problem I have with it. What do you mean by that? I uh, so they took both their books, mm-hmm. oh they, memoirs or something. They wrote a screenplay. Yeah, about two separate autobiographies. Uh, see, I, would, I never would never would even notice that. I definitely mm. got the sense that it didn't have a central mm. character. Hmm. That's fair. Um, I I felt it hewing more towards the father's perspective than Timothy Chalamet's perspective, um, and that the um, movie's interest was more so in what it feels like to have a family member um, succumbing to addiction than what it feels like as an addict to be. Um, suffering with See, the addiction I, I kind of agree with you and i also i've read like maybe 12 letterboxd reviews that go the total other way oh really so I, they, I think they, it's they, definitely a 50 50 thing where mm. i think that it's if you would have chosen one autobiography to make a screenplay out of and make this film out of i think mm. it would have been a, i think i personally would have been a lot more receptive mm. Yeah, I think the, the the flashbacks, I think, were, were a pretty big role or played a pretty big role in um, helping me see everything from 
Steve Carell's perspective because all those looked like they were from Steve Carell's perspective. Um, I think I, I think I definitely would agree with you, and I think that that's maybe what compromised it for me. Those flashbacks mm-hmm. because it it made me not it just detracted from who I'm supposed to like go with, you know, like in mm-hmm. Sisters Brothers last week. Uh-huh. We know that we're with the Sisters Brothers. Even mm-hmm. when we're spending all this time with Rami, or not Rami, um, Riz. Yeah. Ahmed. And Jake Gyllenhaal. We still know who our main characters are, and we know how to view these characters in that context. Mm. Whereas in this movie, I never knew how to view any character in any context because of its convoluted mm. voice. And I think that it mm. had something like five or six writers attached to the screenplay, let alone the mm. separate autobiographies. So I really just think that it's a convoluted voice thing that mm. got to me but any moment that i was with mara tierney i really did enjoy her performance and i was taken mm. by it steve carell was very good it was just convoluted and i don't mm. think there was a yeah. i don't think there was a a really strong visual direction to the film i mm. i would agree <clears throat> with that i think that's easily where my biggest gripes were are with the direction um but maybe less so sort of just with the with the perspective and the 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 story that we actually get um i mean i i do think i got a really good sense from this movie about what it feels like to um to be a dad who's um um having to watch his son suffer with addiction like i i had no no problem at all um connecting with uh steve carl's character i mean i i feel like that's that's what this I film. I agree with you. It feels like this. That's what this film was meant to do, um, and um, that idea that you you could be a parent with your kid out there, knowing they're suffering through something, um, and and not knowing what to do. That sense of helplessness, I think, was, or if was you very help. clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it 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 didn't want to withhold from us. Um, just how powerless the addict himself felt to his addiction. Um, I think you, I, I would have felt, I, I think I would have lost something had I not sometimes gotten those scenes with just Chalamet, even though that's like a change of perspective, obviously, because Steve Carell is not there. Um, it does importantly show me just what exactly Steve Carell feels so helpless against. Mm-hmm. Um but that said, while I connected with them individually, completely agree with like sort of the visual style. I think it's a little all over the place. Um, just the, um, it's kind of a combination of things. It's kind of the editing, it's kind of the music, it's um, the framing, it's just uh, a little all over the place. I don't know, it just doesn't really come together in kind of a cohesiveness um, that would really help um, make this more powerful than it is so um we're gonna get to another one later but this is a biopic yeah whether or not agree. Y- you know we think about it as such yeah i i don't think that you went into it thinking it's a biopic no and i think that maybe mm-hmm. that um allowed you more leniency with it mm-hmm. whereas i maybe went into it thinking more biopic <laughs> And I also mm. went into Bohemian Rhapsody thinking biopic. And I think that you, mm. because you were thinking biopic and classic structures of biopic, were maybe mm. harsher on Bohemian Rhapsody than this. 
Mm. But if you go back and you watch this, and, and or if you at least think about it maybe for a while, and the fact mm. that it is a biopic and it's following these biopic structures, mm. do you think that you would be a little bit harsher on it? No, because no. Okay. I think this... What did you give it? Three. Oh, okay. So <laughs> not not great. Okay, I, I um, thought that you gave it a higher score than Bohemian Rhapsody. So you I gave probably it the same score as I mean, Bohemian it's, Rhapsody. It's just weird. Like I don't know how to compare those films. They're just too different. I yeah, they're both biopics, but I think I got a much better sense of um, the interior experiences of these characters in Beautiful Boy, but thought that the direction was kind of a disaster. It's Whereas like, Bohemian Rhapsody, the direction is the maybe the other way around. Greatest strength, right? And not really the direction because of the fact mm-hmm. that there's a few different directors that work on this. Mm-hmm. It's more the cinematographer and the editor yeah. that seem to be the aces in the hole for Bohemian. Yeah, um, I come away with from Beautiful Boy thinking I this movie just just taught me something about how it feels to to be a person in a certain situation formally not a good experience it was jarring in many yes. ways it, so, it's really two competing things so that's why it just kind of ends up in the middle do, do you um, think that with the correct form it would have been better though like i feel like with the right screenplay mm-hmm. and a focused form on steve carell the mm-hmm. absence of chalamet consistently and then those mm-hmm. brutal moments where he goes and sees him in the diner so if you only take the moments mm-hmm. where he's with chalamet mm-hmm. and then we just see him absent of Chalamet trying to interact with his other kids and yeah, that forlornness yeah. and that emptiness that's on him and how oh, his office yeah. is strewn with the stuff for him and um, yeah. how he comes home and, and uh, his wife immediately leaves chasing him. But yeah. you know, like if we got that sense of it, I feel like it would have been a much stronger film, but yeah, the fact that agree. we're spending these moments in time with Chalamet completely convoluted who I'm emotionally attached to and really mm. compromised, I think, the voyeurism experience mm. of who who to attach our emotions to and suspend our disbelief with. Yeah. And because of this constant back and forth, back and forth, it never had a consistency to it that really seemed like what the trailer was going to promise us. Yeah, I would agree. Like, there's that kind of long stint towards the end, right, where Chalamet is with that girl. Yes. Um, Great way actress. Way too long. Love her. I liked her, too. She's in um, uh, Last Man Standing. She's in Laggies. Mm-hmm. She's a... She's yeah. a great young actress. Yeah, but I would agree. Um, I kind of like, I liked her there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I was involved kind of with those scenes, but I do think that was just, it's too long of a tangent. Yeah. Um, I would. It didn't oh, serve anything, agree. right? Like, it's it's something that in a historical drama, we would say, why did we mm-hmm. go off on this 30-minute tangent? Yeah. But I feel like yeah. we aren't willing to be as critical, maybe, in films of, of melodrama like this, mm-hmm. the way that we are in historical epics. Because this feels mm. like we're being cruel, if that makes mm. sense. Like, I, I feel like yeah. criticizing these types of moments in these types of <laughs> films feels crueler than yeah. criticizing yeah. a 30-minute tangent in a s- historical biopic. Which, mm. if you would have made a, that historical biopic at the time, it wouldn't be historical. Yeah, You, you know what I mean? So I, I think that maybe um, we feel like we, we can't punch as hard at some yeah. of these movies. And I think yeah. that, you know, we got to punch harder. Yeah, you know, it's all in service of great art, so I agree. Um, Yeah, and I think what does distinguish this movie for me from other Attic movies is that it is at its best from the perspective of the parent. Mm -hmm. So when it does deviate, that helps give some context, but it just spends too much time there, I would agree. And and I mean, the other, I mean, obvious greatest thing about it is that Holly and Michael had a child. 
yes. <laughs> that is why I gave it a heart. No, I'm just okay. <laughs> um, so what do you think about Chalamet? I gave all the scathing um, negativity about it. Uh, do you have anything positive mm-hmm. to say, maybe? Um, Shift my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I I, I did not um, dislike his performance by any means. I, th- I thought it was strong. I mean, I, I do think, had they... I, I don't know that I would have like wanted him replaced by anybody else. I thought the way he kind of bared his teeth um, as he becomes more and more addicted was sort of this interesting physical gesture I hadn't really seen him do that just looked like he was becoming this sort of um, uh, body and kind of losing his personhood as he just comes, you know, as he becomes so, more so you driven by his as kind of a fighter. Um, I viewed it more yeah. as wincing. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would say fighter. I, w- I think I would agree with you that it, that it's okay. wincing. Yeah, like um, when we get to Rami Malek, it'll be more mm. of a fighter. Yeah, but with yeah. this, I feel like he was wincing and and constantly, you know, just trying to not die. Did you not like that? Mm, it's not that specific choice. I I didn't mind one way or the other. It's basically all the other stuff where he he's he didn't give an original performance is how i'd best put it mm. he gave a conglomerated performance um yeah best way to maybe compare it for me just i guess off the cuff is when i watch american made with tom cruise you mm. know he's what 50 years into his life now or whatever maybe he's in his 60s i don't know mm. he's given numerable performances spent 30 years performing and acting yeah. And he still gave, he, he took all the stuff that he's done and he twisted it into this way that made it feel fresh and new. Mm. And Chalamet took all the stuff that he's done in the last mm. two years and he did it together and it didn't feel fresh. It felt like he was recycling mm. it on purpose. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't think that it will ever be remembered as one of his better performances. I think that he's mm. capable of much greater stuff than this. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might, I still might disagree a little bit. I completely understand. I, I think, I, I associate his performance in "Call Me by Your Name" with sort of sexual adventurousness. I feel like, you know, there is some almost like ambition, some willingness to explore to that character. Um, in Lady Bird, it's smug, it's cocky, and here I get powerlessness to me that they, they feel they do feel kind of hot summer to me. nights is what mm. i'm referencing from the ah, powerlessness okay. gotcha. He, gotcha he's caught up in this drug situation where he's Similar. kind of at the victim of a no he's a dealer ah okay gotcha. it, but he can't get out of dealing and he has to like get gotcha. deeper in and so kind of a conglomeration of those three performances for me is kind of what's going on here yeah and whereas i know you haven't seen it yet but um or maybe you have seen it, The Land of Steady Habits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the the boy in there, what mm-hmm. he does, I, I just that consistency in his range and mm. the fact that he's hurt the whole time, but that he's this believable character, um, yeah. I, I think was much more um, believable. And, and it, it just didn't translate for me that Timothy Chalamet was a believable character. And I mm. think that maybe he got too caught up in trying to focus on age and, and shifts maybe maybe he was doing mm. too hard of a character study and, and just made an mm. error but yeah. I definitely see a uh, an error 
on his yeah. part of, of this performance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's weird because, kind of like because of what I know he can do with other directors, like, and especially with how not cohesive direction is, I kind of wonder if the director maybe just brought Fucked the wrong up. thing out yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, so, I, like, I would agree. It's like, the performance is off, but whether, to whom I attribute that, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can decide. Um, it might be that this director was sort of not committing to either the idea that Steve Carell no longer knows his son at the same time that he wants to build up this father-son relationship. See how how you're looking at it, I completely understand, but how I look at it is that's the screenplay's fault. The Mm. fact that the director Mm. didn't know what to do is the fault of the screenplay. Well, he partly wrote it, though, right? Yeah. I mean... Partly? With what? Six, seven, eight other people? Like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um... It's just yeah. too convoluted. I think we're getting to the, the, the same day. place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're going to lower it to two and a half. Great. I mean, I would keep it to the to the three because I think the feeling was there. I liked what it was trying to do, even though it just kind of got there in a messy way. Um, I thought there were some interesting... Some of the flashbacks worked for me. To me, that that was... That's definitely where of, I felt the most emotion. Yeah. Um, to me, that was something very fresh to me. This idea that... Um, a parent would would sort of look back on and question and regret how they talked about drugs with their kid. To me, that was really interesting. How about um, when Steve does the coke? Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. Fascinating. That was truly like I I think that when I think about that, maybe that's really changing or, or coloring how I'm criticizing this film because mm. of how great those moments are. Yeah, and and how moving mm. he was. The fact that yeah. we're spending any time with Timothy, yeah, is is wasted when Steve is giving mm. us this. Totally makes sense. But because that can be very frustrating. If yeah. Steve can be this powerful of an actor, yeah, then why are we giving Timothy this excuse that mm. the that the director is messing up his performance when we're mm. not doing that for Steve? Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. And I, yeah. I might be wrong, but that's just how I'm kind of thinking about it. Where if no, this great performance <laughs> is, if his performance is good and it's coming through, regardless of the bad direction, and Timothy's yeah. performance isn't coming through, regardless yeah. of the bad direction, then I think that that's not a good performance. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. It's just like a slight difference in like how strongly we feel about certain things, but I don't know that we're disagreeing about okay. much. Um yeah, um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, I, 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 yeah, about the editing, I, I liked some of the shots of Steve looking at his other two young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and how hollow those felt? Yeah, there's never much exposition about how he um, relates to those two kids that he has with Maura Tierney. Um, but um, to me, they, they still were sort of rich cuts in the sense that you kind of see him thinking about who they might become mm-hmm. and what he can do differently, if there is anything he can do differently um, to put them on a different path. Um, to me, those were visual moments um, that very easily could have been explained Some with some conversation about, you know, what's going to happen to these? What if I mess these kids up? Um, exactly. It was That was subtle. Um, and, uh, yeah, Steve Carell in general, I think... To all his roles, um, he brings kind of a fatherly quality. So to me, this is sort of like the perfect role for him. Even in the office, like he feels like a father figure in that mm-hmm. office. In Foxcatcher, he even says to himself, you know, coaches, 
a father, a, a mentor. You know, he feels like sort sort of this surrogate father. Um, I, I think that's forty year old virgin. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a funky one. Um, I don't know if it works everywhere, but I think that there is something about. To me, that's one of his distinguishing qualities. Is something fatherly about him. Do you think we'll um, see that in his role as Donald Rumsfeld? <laughs> is he playing <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld in Vice? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if that'll carry it through. It's probably going to break the theory. I don't know. <laughs> Rumsfeld could be quite fatherly. <laughs> it's interesting. To me, that's just one quality I associate with him. Yeah. That I think makes him right for this. No, role. I was just trying to make it funny. Uh, no, I definitely agree with you. He's absolutely a father. Like, you think mm. about Michael Scott, and you think about, like, you know, the, the father you get one over on. Yeah. You know, he's basically... The father like, you're embarrassed by. He's basically, like, um, like, like, maybe the father you're embarrassed by, mm-hmm. but also the one that you can, like, get over on. Like, get away yeah. with everything with. Because yeah. you relate to either Jim or Pam, and Jim, or P- yeah. Jim and Pam are always getting away with something. Unless you relate to Dwight, who never gets away with anything with Michael. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. On the whole, some some strong emotion that engaged me, but um, a little messy. Quite messy. Yeah. Um, I, I guess last segment is, do you have any thoughts on Mora? Um, I thought she was good. I mean, I think you connected with her more, more so than I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think she was a strong supporting character, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. You? Oh. I've loved her. But there you I already go. went over it. It's she's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely the most important important performer to the film, to the believability of the relationship between this father and the son. She's yeah. the thing that makes it feel real. The way that mm. she reacts in defense of Steve Carell's character. Yeah. Um, yeah. is just otherworldly and the breakdown she has in the van is just it's it's that top tier level that you know we reserve yeah. for Michelle Williams references yeah yeah it, yeah it is kind of interesting to watch you know the extent to which she tries to involve herself versus just support Steve Carell mm-hmm. um, and as build not healthy boundaries. his real dad um, yeah it is kind of an interesting kind of real almost mom. like like an uh, outsider or something like that mm-hmm. that sounds like a weird word but um, she knows she doesn't have the same relationship with him that he does that but, Steve does we do get that flashback moment where she where they're having the marriage and um, mm, the speech yeah. and, you know like it's nice yeah those moments work and it's because of Maura and Steve not because of Timothy and I that's agree. just where all that criticism comes from I agree that I, I think they fucked up with the screenplay but yeah good performances from Steve and Maura mm. nonetheless there you go um Shall we navigate to the directorial debut of our homeboy from Maniac himself, Jonah Hill? That's right. Jonah Hill. We're talking mid-90s. about mid-90s. You think you're pretty cool. Your ghetto-ass friends. You good? Uh. You think you're tough and shit. You're just a little fucking kid. A lot of the time, we feel like our lives are the worst. But think if you looked in anybody else's closet, you wouldn't trade your shit for their shit. So let's go. We saw this with some of the young, hip, folksters. Yeah, with some of those folks in attendance. Sonny Sulchik, I think that's mm-hmm. his name. Handful of the other crew. Fourth grade. Um, yep. Um, Ruben. Fuck shit. Yep. Good crew. 
Um, and we both liked it quite a bit. I think we gave it the same score. What'd you give it? Four and a half. Four and a half? Okay. Four, give it four. four and a half? Um, yep. Let me check. I don't want to commit to what I don't know. <laughs> and what I don't know is what I gave this movie as a score. What? When did we watch mid-90s? Yeah, four and a half with the heart. Four and a half. It's way up there. It's way up there. But it's still mm. <laughs> outside the top ten. <laughs> is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It, it's, if we do top tens without feature films, it'll maybe get up there at the moment. By mm. the end of the year, it'll be in the probably right around 20. Gotcha. Thoroughbreds yeah. is pushed out to 30 at this point, and I really oh, don't feel good about that. Ah. But gotcha. support the girls has to be where Stuff. support the girls has to be. There it is. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, I really enjoyed Sonny Solchek in the too. lead role. Um, I liked Jonah Hill's direction. Um, um, I think uh, it's sort of this interesting combination of um, sort of stylized direction with some some realistic performances since they are non-actors i think you kind of feel that they feel very sort of um it feels almost like a documentary at times you know and sort of how um natural it feels so um, would you say that maybe this is one of those films that truly puts on display the importance of a casting director yeah i would think yeah. so yeah um to me one movie kind of reminded me of even though they're exploring very different environments and subcultures it was american honey um, because it employed that same aspect ratio it has a recognizable star but is mostly unprofessional or non-professional actors um, you mean lucas or do you mean Catherine? uh i was thinking lucas hedges okay yeah but Catherine watt i mean i guess maybe they're equally well known i would think lucas hedges is probably better known um, probably. but both recognizable right. right yeah um hard to say you know, Shia LaBeouf and Riley Keough are kind of the recognizable faces in American But Honey. Riley really does disappear in that role. She does. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think both, both of these movies are, are, are just kind of interesting to me in how they're sort of um, deliberately kind of stylized to mm-hmm. an extent, but um, um, not looking for dramatic performances. They're looking for naturalistic performances. Um in a way that I think works quite well. Like you, you, like they almost sound like kind of contradictory ideas, but um, it, 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 I think it works in both cases. Yeah, it works when the director knows what they want. Yeah. And I think that both directors knew exactly what they wanted. Yeah, I would agree. Um, great soundtrack, you know, even though, you know, I was born in 1991, so I wasn't Sonny's age until the early You were 2000s. born in 1991? You're so mm-hmm. young. <laughs> I was born in 1991 <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean I still felt like these were all the same songs that I grew up with in the early 2000s like I, I, I felt like I knew it like every song here I was like oh yeah this is a great song I didn't know um, every song but I, I recognized and knew the lyrics to every song I yeah. couldn't tell you that I knew what all the names of the songs were oh about. yeah yeah I, I don't I, I, I wasn't that, that hip yeah yeah um, I can I mean, tell I was, you, I don't I was remember any hip. Spice Girls. Um, so. I, was, I was a very, very hip 11-year-old. No, <laughs> <laughs> very with it. <laughs> In the 202s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it uh, kind of nicely walks the line between um, uh, remembering the things about this time and place that it liked kind of culturally. Mm-hmm. While and the also, things that are terrible about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it kind of 
withholds judgment and just shows it shows it as it was yeah um, wasn't that like what it was like though like yeah thinking yeah. back on like every <laughs> like that's what it was like definitely like that's how we yeah. talked or that's how the older kids talked yeah yeah and that's how we wanted to talk to be like the older kids and so sunny yeah. is this great allegory of what it's like to be that young kid trying mm-hmm. to be like the older kid yeah um, yeah absolutely although i never started smoking when i was nine or however old sunny is in this picture. i know i did he... not mess with that stuff the way that sunny did yeah. he was drinking 40s and hitting the he whiskey was, bottle and he was hitting it hard fingering girls <laughs> and he was just having himself a jolly old time yeah uh yeah i mean to me it was it was kind of funny to think about like the biggest fall he takes is when he's trying to you know do a gap that he's not going nearly fast enough to make Mm -hmm. and much of this movie to me is about him moving way too fast into these situations right yeah great great Um, point he's um to me it seems you know mainly steeped in his kind of home life um you know i don't think it's it's too heavy-handed in like pitying him i never felt that but i do think maybe no the trailer definitely um, had more pity don't you think Maybe, yeah. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but yeah. The the trailer shows us that whole beating scene from Lucas. Oh, right, right. So I definitely got the sense that Lucas was going to be a bigger figure and that he was going to take a lot more beatings. Right. Not bring yeah. more beatings on himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I very much got the sense that his sort of search for, you know, um, a family kind of outside of his own, you know, was the result of, you know his distance from his brother and his mom is she's a little um preoccupied with her romantic life exploits Mm -hmm. um who it also doesn't judge um which i really appreciated like it is not i I never felt like the the filmmaking was um positioned to criticize her Mm -mm. um it was if anything it makes like her seem like a victim of him almost Mm. Yeah, it certainly as it progresses, I would agree. Yeah, um, and you know he might long to connect with his brother in some way, but it's it's not going to happen in There's this movie. This gap, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is sort of um, an isolation, right? That he's kind of trying to figure out how to um, resolve and grow up and navigate yeah. life, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a it's a special movie. I don't know. Yeah, it screams directorial debut, as well. Mm. You know, it's it's punctuated with all this underlying tension or angst or energy yeah. or he's just someone trying to scream. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's somewhere in the the vein of the whackness. Not to compare two uh, 90s yeah. movies, but Good movie. it's somewhere in that nice. vein. I yeah. love the whackness. That's it's a great just movie. Somewhere <laughs> in there, you know, where yeah. it's just this honest not sexy not subtle not nuanced mm-hmm. this is what life is and it's brutal and there's bad language and there's drugs and there's alcohol and there's fuck-ups and there's mm. uh forgiveness that isn't really openly forgiveness but it's just yeah. two people moving on and yeah. you know it's it's fuck shit yeah to quote one of our main characters he said it the best <laughs> <laughs> fuck shit that's awesome yeah yeah um yeah you know as sort of a coming of age movie it reminded me a little bit of the 400 blows even though that's Mm. you know 
50, 60 years old. Um, I think he even kind of looks like um, that young actor a little bit. I know I remember the character's name from 400 Blows, Antoine Duanel, but I, I'm blanking on uh, the actor's name. Jean-Pierre Layoud. Um, you want to blow your mind? Hmm. Never seen the 400 Oh, Blows. what? Oh, come on. I just assumed. Oh, great movie. That's I, right. we all, yeah. It's always been there. It's yeah. always been there. Yeah. Um, I'll watch that when I yeah. watch... Uh, What's the other one that I have to watch for Blowout? Oh, Blow Up? Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch, pair them together. I'll watch the 400 it. Blows and Blow Up. I always meant to pair them, so I'll have to. <laughs> That'll be a spring go. viewing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, something about how the character in the 400 Blows is also also has an absent father um, is um, getting into mischief and kind of looking outside his family for um, his identity. Um, it's just kind of that that similar story of a young person maybe um, brushing up with adulthood or the mm. realities of adulthood a little too fast or a little earlier than they too should. Too harsh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but um, God, you know, I I just think it, it it's it's so hard to make a movie about these kinds of things. Like, I feel like I'm describing something sad. Like, I don't know that I really felt sadness throughout this film. Like, it's um. It's just, just. Uh, but it kind of, it kind of is. It is, but I mean, it's not. Um, it's not like it's just. I it's wouldn't not describe melancholy. it as a sob story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about grow up. Yeah. It's about yeah. how to grow up. It's about yeah. You, you've been too sad. You've taken too many hits. Don't. Yeah. And I think that's said at kind of at the end where um, the one of our main characters says. You take the hardest hits. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Yeah. And I think that might be how we fade out. Yeah. And, like, that's, I think, what Jonah Hill's thesis going into the film was. Oh, yeah. Like, just as someone who grew up through the 90s and as someone who, you know, as an actor, I think, has maybe taken some of the hardest hits. Yeah. Um, because of how criticized he's been and, and how much he's transformed his body and really beaten himself up and that he got into this business to direct and write and shit it's 2018 and he was in Superbad mm. in what 2007 yeah so it's been t- started and he's finally doing what he wanted to yeah and it, maybe yeah. it's it's also to himself as much as it's to everyone else like you yeah. take the hardest hits you don't have to yeah yeah um and you know it's just nice that he recognizes up until that point that he shows us like why he gets why this is fun for him right he's like Mm -hmm. look i like i know this is this is funny like or or that this this seems like a good idea and you know he does sort of invite you into that he's not criticizing every choice along the way the point is where this all kind of leads right Mm -hmm. or what what the consequences are when 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 this doesn't go right or why why this is questionable with Um, a very budgetarily sound car wreck yeah yeah exactly great budget decision (laughs) very true yep quite uh economic Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, yeah, you you liked the, how that was cut together. I thought that was a great choice for someone that's restricted financially to to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great casting decisions, great great decisions on how to do everything. Spend money on practical effects when they're skating. Spend money on shutting down streets so that they can skate down them with stunt drivers. Mm-hmm. 
And then when there's car wrecks, you know, you can not have a car wreck and save $50,000 and spend that $50,000 somewhere yeah. else. I think that's just great production yeah. um, choices. And I think that that's probably from his experience in the business. Because yeah. I think that the audio that we get takes us exactly where we need to go. We didn't need a visual. That blackout yeah. gave put us in Sonny's perspective. I think it yeah. was great. Yeah. It's just about what you sh- what you imply, what yeah. not what you show necessarily. And, and and then it does the it does show us, you know, that Sonny's there in the car wreck and we don't quite see his other arm. And yeah. then we start wondering like is it broken? Is it shattered? Did it get cut off? And yeah. you know, I I think it was just great filmmaking choices for someone that had really restricted budgets and uh or yeah. a really restricted budget and i definitely take that into account more yeah when i'm aware of it yeah yeah um yeah the only kind of question i guess i had about this film was whether or was how much i, I sort of um connected with the scenes of him um hurting himself um you know there's a scene where he's um trying to you know, kill himself yeah, well, in one scene, he's, you know, he's rubbing the brush up against himself. That's certainly mm. the more um, not non-life-threatening one. But then you're right, yeah. Then he starts starts trying to strangle himself with, like, a um, Nintendo or controller something. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that didn't work for you? Not that it didn't work for me. Um, I don't know that I had really gotten the sense from him that he was just that... Um, um, bothered with himself or down on himself um to I, I really think believe that he felt that, that helpless because he's so yeah. young i don't think that he's really contemplating deep ideas like the end of the essence of life yeah i think that he's yeah. in so much pain and feels so outcast mm-hmm. that he wants a sense of control yeah and that when he's in this amount of pain he feels yeah. like he is controlling how his body feels yeah and I think that that's what it was about, controlling how his body feels. And that's maybe why he went so hard into drinking and smoking, mm-hmm. because of the control about how he feels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was just jarring enough for me to to, to keep me kind of thinking about it. Um, oh, I, I definitely did too. I yeah. thought you were maybe criticizing it or didn't a little bit i was kind of unsure about it um about whether or not it it kind of got me there in a natural way um uh or if it was maybe a bit too much of a of a skip um Hmm. to what to what he actually did but um that's kind of a specific detail you know not a not a brush stroke really you know it's a it's a a detail um i think you know the things that that do matter are done right you know the 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 tone the the performances um the soundtrack in getting a sense of what this subculture feels like all um um work and they just and work what talking to um peers or older peers at this point in time was like mm-hmm. and how we used slang or how we used mm-hmm. language and how loose and brutal and mean and cruel those words and their use was yeah and how that's just how it was yeah not that it was one way or the other it's just how it simply was yeah i think it really captures that in that unique way of no these kids aren't trying to make a statement one way or the other this is Mm -hmm. simply how 
the culture was. Period. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a time capsule kind of yeah. feel. Like yeah. we had Stretch Armstrongs and we talked like this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah. not right. It's not wrong. It's simply how it was. And maybe we've changed now and maybe that's better. But it's at the bottom different. Yeah. And I think yeah. that this really captures how it's different really yeah. well. And I think that that's maybe what's special moving forward with Jonah. Yeah. Is how he. I really trust him to have that voice of a time, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I really liked how it um, handled, I think his name was Ruben, the kid, the first kid Sonny meets, the other kind of young kid. So good. uh, Who just kind of feels like he was Sonny before Sonny came along. Mm -hmm. He was previously the youngest guy of the group. um, Never got given a board. Yeah, you know, with, with a less than perfect home life, we come to understand, but we don't get a lot of details he's kind of just eager to have someone he can boss around um so he's no longer the the bottom of the totem pole um you know it kind of implies that this can kind of be a cycle Mm um in a very not heavy-handed way like this this very easily could have culminated in something uh terrible happening happening to him um i think the focus being kept on Sunny was was nice while acknowledging the the lives of these other people. Yeah, and the uh, absence nice. of him felt you felt yeah, it definitely. Yeah, um, just you know the shots of him getting dropped off, but then not actually going home, wanting to know where he's going. You know, I found myself thinking about that, and um, the, you know, it's always nice when uh, you know a movie kind of leaves those questions unanswered. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when only one of the characters notices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know any any criticisms. Like you said, it's good to good to punch hard. Yeah, it is good to punch mm. hard. It's it's hard because this is just a nostalgia trap mm. for me and probably for you as well. I I will say that maybe he didn't gun hard enough with the home life, mm. but yeah. maybe maybe that would have been worse. Maybe he did do that and he cut it out. You know, we don't. Yeah, we don't know. I, it's hard because he's using these actors that aren't le- really legitimate actors other than the home life actors yeah of lucas hedges and Catherine waterson yeah i um i really don't have much in the way of criticism i it, as far as a, a debut film this is kind of everything you want to see it's filled with promise mm. it feels like it cut when it should have cut it ended when it should yeah. have ended it didn't overstay its welcome when it ended i wanted to keep watching it um you know these are all markedly good things um as, as far as criticism it it, it uh it would be me fabricating something because of how generally great a time i had and yeah, i think that it good. was as good as it could be as what it was yeah and this film never could have been a perfect film and as far as i'm concerned the best it could have been is kind of a four and a half that nine level it was never mm. gonna ascend to the greatest score you know a five out of five or a ten out of ten yeah um and it it didn't but it it did as good as it could do it was for me mm. just like the whackness was yeah. i am totally predisposed to loving mm. this type of a movie mm. um because of my cultural bias and and because of when i grew up my nostalgia mm. and i think that for everyone else it's probably a three and a half to a four that doesn't get mm. to have our 1990 experience yeah and I think that's exactly where directorial debut should be. Yeah. Yeah. 
well said. Um, yeah, I uh, I could easily take this back maybe on a second viewing. I would I would be curious to know if um, if there's anybody. I mean, in a way, I think I maybe find it a little too close to becoming too much of a message movie with with how it does end. Um, the hard hits. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think I already got where what it was trying to tell me. Um, I don't know that it kind of needed to be spelled out in quite the way that it does. I love that um, line. That's one of my favorite fair. lines of the year. To that's be honest fair. with you, I, I can't argue with that. Um, I, the Florida Project was another movie that came to mind about a mischievous young person um, in unideal circumstances that the movie nonetheless manages to really um celebrate their what what they find joyful in life while also totally recognizing um their hardships i think it's kind of a similar approach um but i think that movie um is a little more um subtle in its messaging perhaps than mid nineties because of how how that conclusion kind of resolved. I think it's maybe just a a little bit tidy. But, I, I think you're probably um, right, but I think for the general audience, me included, like I I didn't necessarily pair together that he was doing that shit on purpose in the beginning. Mm. When he goes into Lucas Hedges' room and then catches a beating, mm-hmm. that was his choice. But I didn't really think about that until after I left the theater and I was driving home and I was drawing mm. on that line. If yep. you take the hardest hits, you don't have to. And mm. I was thinking about the fact that he's the one that chose to go in his brother's room and yep. stay there long enough to get caught. That yeah. That's when yeah. he got the shit kicked out of him. And yep. how that kind of continues throughout the movie. Like I I felt like that was a general kind of a, a thread that, that was capped. And I think that you're probably yep. right. But I think that you're for other audience members that, like me that maybe didn't think about that until after the line was said yeah it, it's equal the other way too so i think that while that's genuinely mm. good criticism i think that that's one of those mm. weird things where things go 50 50 because it was maybe a really purposeful artistic decision that affected certain viewers negatively because you were maybe more dialed in and astute to what was happening mm. than I, was. I don't know about that but um you know it's the kind of thing that i might just not feel in the long run um, mm. You know, sometimes these these criticisms they kind of fade as the the strengths just just overcome these ever yeah. feelings, you know. Um, but I just find it kind of similar to, to other movies in a certain way, and I know that something like the Border Project was doing something similar, and I felt even more strongly for that one. So I I try to figure out why that is, and I thought that that was maybe it. But in the long run, these things can kind of even themselves out, mm-hmm. you know. So um, they just went different for me. Yeah. but I totally get where you're coming from i was just the other audience member yeah yeah but nonetheless great movie great movie go see it shall we navigate on to our final title of the show before we get to the deuce we should bohemian rhapsody cheers no one will play us on the radio we need to get experimental thunderbolts and lightning very very frightening do it again one more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Mark these words. No one will play a queen. You like this movie a little bit better than I did. Half a star better, one less heart. We're about the same. You gave it a heart? I gave it a heart. I did not. All right. 
Interesting. The one thing that we do know for sure mm-hmm. about this film and about this podcast pro Lucy Boynton. Yes, 100%. I did not realize she was in this, was delighted to see her. Thought she killed it the whole way through. She was in a couple episodes ago. Um, what was that title called from Netflix? Oh, the one Apostle. Uh, oh, right. She was yes. an Apostle a couple weeks ago. I think we're on Beltre. I liked her there as well. She's great. Um, she is good, as is Remy Malik. He is absolutely a strength of the movie for That's me. That's my boy. And that is really where the heart is coming from, I think. Yeah? Um, good. Yeah, he, he, he earned a heart. Um, it was everyone else that detracted from the film for me <laughs> that kind of gave me an absolute like yeah. I love Mike Myers mm-hmm. Mike Myers in this movie I do not love I would agree he did I didn't I was not crazy about him unfortunately no. I was kind of excited to see him in something and then mm-hmm. I'm like ah, yeah. I could take early it I'd rather have Miami Beach any day mm-hmm. yeah so you were uh, talking earlier about it being a biopic mm-hmm. um as we were talking about Beautiful Boy, as a biopic, you think this succeeds or does not succeed? I think that that's really interesting. Um, I don't know. Okay. I do not know. When I think about this movie, I think about all the stuff that went into making this movie. Mm. And I think that because it's a biopic, it was uniquely positioned to not completely fail when the director acted like a bitch and dropped (laughs) the project. And a different director picked it up. Yeah. yeah. And the actors, the DP and the editor, held it together Mm. because they knew exactly what they were trying to make because Mm. of the format of a biopic. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's so strong. That's why I Mm. really forgive it because Mm. of that problem of the director. Yeah. I'm really happy it's a biopic where the editor and the cinematographer knew exactly what they needed to do and they could help the new director come on and exceed yeah yeah it's one of those where you kind of think to yourself like that was surprisingly not a mess exactly (laughs) like it's formulaicness saved it i think Mm. like if it would have been like that original take and the director would have quit halfway through would have been a fucking disaster yeah 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 that makes sense um in light of all that information i totally agree it's like wow like they they managed to pull together something coherent and i think it is coherent and beyond that um, do you know when one director quit and the other one started i know i, I don't no. either and i went in looking for it yeah and i couldn't tell like yeah. i felt like there might have been a clear difference between the beginning lead in and mm-hmm. the beginning or the ending lead in to that same performance yeah at live aid do you remember when he's coming in yeah. And it's all about him in yeah. the very beginning. And then in the in the ending one, it's it's kind of mm. framed differently. Right, right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about and, that. And there's different exactly cups about. on the piano. Yeah. Um. So I thought that that might have been a continuation error. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, I really didn't notice much. And uh, the director yeah. that came in, I think his, his name is Dexter something. I don't I don't remember the last name. But he did Eddie the Eagle. Um, oh, yeah. Taron Edgerton yeah. and Hugh Jackman. Great little yeah. movie. I, I really liked that. And I really feel like that comes across. And he's now directing a film called Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saw the trailer. With, for I think it. Taron Edgerton again. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he definitely proved himself finishing up this one and got a, a big gig. Yeah. 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 It's one that, like, is interesting 
to talk about and think about because of that information but mm-hmm. like i wouldn't tell somebody hey this movie had you know disasters behind the scenes and it doesn't suck go see it mm-hmm. right i would still just say it's bland i i would not recommend it it's um, better than maybe apocalypse would. you wouldn't recommend this movie I don't know. It's just, it's a weird sort of balance when there are things you like and things that you really don't. Um, For me, it's in that Venom vein where it's like, mm. it's just great entertainment. And if you want high art, just don't come see this one. Yeah. I mean, w- within two minutes when we see him walking on stage and then we go back to the beginning, I thought to myself, oh no, like this is just going to feel so familiar. Mm. Um, and I, I was just hope y- you want to come into every movie hoping for something fresh um and it felt very recycled narratively however the content Remy Malik was great like and and um, i mean the and the music like oh is entirely uh, of its own right name another biopic that has this much uh like just gay sensibility to it true um, I, I felt like that was great because i was in this audience of a bunch of old people who were all yeah. cheering and laughing that's and having right. this great time. Yeah. And I can't think of another movie that, that would have had so much of a focus on, on just being a, a gay person living life that would have been mm. responded to as well. Yeah. So I'm kind of overly coloring it positively, but like I was really yeah. happy that this movie that has a man kissing yeah. another man yeah. fairly consistently was met with cheers. Oh, instead yeah. of yeah. of a, a different sound like a yeah. groan because i've yeah. been in those theaters where a man kisses another man and there's a groan yeah and in this theater i was next to a bunch of old guys that used yeah. to jam out to queen yeah. wearing yeah. sandals and yeah yeah these guys were laughing and cheering and smiling and crying and uh when rami was kissing these men and that was special. Like I, yeah. I've honestly never had that type of biopic experience. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was special. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I agree. Like I mean, that is, that is hugely important to this movie, and it, it does make it a pleasure. Um. But I would also say that it just feels shallow. Like I knew nothing about Freddie Mercury before this. Mm-hmm. I know and you his. Still feel like you don't. I I know his he story. Likes cats. Yeah, but, like, I just, I, I know nothing about what it feels like to be Freddie Mercury. That's part of what, uh, mm. like, I start to look for from biopics is I I can I can get a sense of what a person's life was like from a Google search. But what it feels like to be that person, to go th- through whatever life experiences they had is something that I'd come to the movies for. So I, I agree with you, but I want to push back just because mm. of this specific character, maybe? Yeah. I don't know if anybody really knows what it was like to be Freddy is the, Mm. is maybe the thing that I'd say. Yeah. He does seem like one of those enigmatic characters where you don't quite know what it was like to Mm. be him. And if you want to, to manufacture a film where it communicates how it felt Mm. to be him, Mm. that might be a totally false portrayal of emotion. Yeah. I mean, that is completely agree. Well said. I think that is, I mean, I think that's like a, a, a problem with, with movies in general is sort of how you can realistically capture something that we can never know just what it felt like to embody another person. Mm-hmm. Um, but historical truths, I just feel like I can find elsewhere and emotional truths are something I go to the cinema for. And 
a movie has to try. I don't feel like it tried. Okay. Um, I, I mean, when we think about these biopics, right? Like, yeah. let's just go to the most recent proof in the pudding, mm-hmm. Darkest Hour, right? I mm. feel like there's so much collected evidence and there's so many quotes and there's, there's so much mm. wealth of knowledge about Winston. Do yeah. we know how it felt based on everyone around Winston to be Winston? Yeah. From Bohemian Rhapsody, what I actually respected about it was how it gave mm. us the proof of why we don't get to know what it was like to feel like Freddy because mm-hmm. Freddy kept pushing everyone away. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and, but but I, uh, I absolutely agree. I, I would like yeah. to be able to put myself in his shoes and feel yeah. what it's like to be Freddy. I just don't know that there's enough... I, I don't know that there's enough people alive that wrote things down or enough yeah. visual um, documentary yeah. pieces of, of photography for us to know. True. Totally true. Yeah. 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 Um, but that that totally may be. But if the, if they chose to make a movie about it, that was their their they chose to make the movie with what information they had. Um, to and to to kind of spend as much time as they do on him uh, experiencing something as devastating as contracting AIDS, and for that to feel as kind of shallow as it did, and as sort of just another part in the formula so you felt like that mm. they spent a lot of time on him contracting it. i shouldn't say a lot of time but I, I i just don't feel like that was that really um had the emotional depth that i thought it should have um it, was he on the record about how he felt about it i have no idea i don't either i, I mm. my general sense what you know we start this with um him falling in love with lucy boynton mm-hmm. and her coming over for dinner and her seeing yep. these photos of him and yep. finding out that when he was a little boy, his father is very proud that he was a very hard or, or talented boxer. Yeah. Fighter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I get the sense that he's just, as we move on through this film, that was what mm. was most important to me. Other mm. than the fact yeah. that the songs raise the hair on, on my arms and, and my neck. Great stuff. Every time it comes on, it's just this powerful music that, that, completely affects my body and you, you yeah. know whatever it is that we think of when we think of the soul that's what it affects mm. yeah. um, and the fact that he's a fighter mm-hmm. and that he's going through all this stuff but he's still not giving up mm. yeah but I never got the sense that I really knew mm. how he was feeling yeah and I don't think yeah. I, I don't know mm. if they would have done that I, I think it would have been in a lower scoring film because it would have felt forced the way the beautiful mm. boy for me felt forced because mm. they would have been projecting yep. something false perhaps yeah yeah um fair point i mean i guess it's weird to want it to somehow to to, to feel like it wasn't emotional enough to in light of how sort of catastrophic certain things were and at the same time not want it not want a director to just guess how it felt I don't know. That that's that's a fair point. I don't know. Um, how do you how to argue with that? You wouldn't want it to feel artificial or or made up because the director doesn't know. Um, I, I, just, what it, you feel it, the most? It is... just it just felt skipped over somehow. Or um, but you know I I I never really had it framed in my mind um, that he to think of him as a fighter 
um, you know, that is that is a different kind of context uh, with which to kind of run through the rest of the film. I think that would make a difference. So. Oh, you didn't pick up on that? Uh, not really. That, that oh, okay. didn't come to mind, no. They, they reference it a few times. Um, yeah. And they, they kind of focus on his hands in, in some shots. Um, mm. And I, I definitely went through that thinking, like, he, he is a, a fighter, you know, and, and yeah. he, he is not giving up. Even when he gets yeah. this diagnosis, he's still, he tells mm. everyone straight up, and then it's, let's go perform. Mm. Let's get my yeah. vo- my my bitchy vocal cords in order. Yeah, I believe is what he says. Yeah, um, yeah. And I I think that as far as knowing what it's like or knowing what it feels like to be him, I think that the times that we get that is his interactions with Lucy. Definitely. That's, oh yeah, one of the best things about the movie for me for sure is their relationship. Yeah. I would agree. Or how about. Um, however the hell she does what she does at the end during the live aid concert when they oh, cut yeah. to her and she's supposed you know she's not really looking at him yeah but when yeah, she's yeah. supposed to be looking at him in yeah, the context yeah. of the film what she's able to do yeah like she's mm-hmm. just that next level performer like, yeah i kept wanting just more from her uh not a criticism give me more like, give me more <laughs> like please just like involve her more somehow i don't care if it's in fact not factual i just want in this movie more. we want a 50 episode straight to order yeah. series for the rest of her life for netflix <laughs> she was a strength um yeah i don't know you know maybe had the trajectory of the movie not felt so familiar and so conventional i would have somehow just been a little more open to um who he really was as a person but because of how formulaic it felt it just you know it it doesn't encourage you to really lean into and think about who he was because of how sort of rehearsed it feels that kind of makes sense um i definitely see where you're coming from i didn't feel that way but i definitely comprehend and completely understand feeling that way yeah but like the guy that was sitting next to me did not feel that way (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My my audience was into it too. Yeah, and, did well, I mean, did you I listen heart, to man. Queen growing up? Not really. I'm not like okay. a Queen. I'm not a huge fan, but I know all the hits. I love all the hits. Okay. Right. Yeah. I I grew up with my dad always playing Queen, yeah. basically, or Tom Petty. Kind there you of go. Growing up, like I mean, before I was four, I knew all of Tom Petty and all of Queen. Nice. So there's an immense amount of like form. Uh, what would that be? When formula, when you're forming yourself mm, um, yeah. as a person, I guess formative years. Yeah, formative yeah. nostalgia. Mm. So like yeah. the nostalgia yeah. I'm feeling, I can't even place. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. may be totally unfair, bias wise, but I I do think yeah. that when you put into context the fact that basically the editor and the cinematographer kept this thing on the rails because yeah. who knows how much Brian Singer was in charge of while yeah. he was absent yeah, yeah like how much they shot without him really being there until dexter came in to pick it up yeah um and I, I think that when you think about that fact that there were two directors and you can't tell really where they were other than maybe the beginning and the very end yeah super big shots that i definitely have a lot of criticisms of the computerized characters that yeah. are in that crowd and how bullshit that looked oh it looked so bad terrible. yeah i forgot about that that was like <laughs> my nightmare um yeah but the other thing is like maybe the greatest thing is what the editor and the cinematographer did with some of the tracking shots there's this specific oh, moment yeah. 
where they go on tour in America. Yeah, yeah. And they get on this bus, and we... I don't exactly remember how it happens, but we get this really long tracking shot where we go, like, outside, away from the bus, and then we mm. loop through, and we look at this beautiful American countryside, and then we look at the front of the bus. That's and the cool. bus drives into the camera. And we mm. go inside the tour bus, and we spend time with the characters inside the tour bus, and then we go outside the tour bus. That's cool. Into the American countryside, and then the American countryside turns into a performance. The mm. Queen is delivering to somebody somewhere. Seamless, and nice, and it's all seamless. Yeah, and you're like, how the hell did that happen? This is yeah. gorgeous, and that's like one yeah. of the best tracking shots of the year, mm. maybe. Those details add up. Mm-hmm. They but make that's, the movie. That's the cinematographer and the editor. You know, yeah. it's like this is yeah. a good case for why maybe biopics should just be left to cinematographers and editors because yeah. they're yeah. just so easy. <laughs> yeah, anytime like one of these movies has multiple directors and it still coheres, it kind of, it's like the uh, the auteur idea kind of falls apart, right? Exactly. It's like everybody else managed to, to, to oh yeah, it, to no, the, the biopic yeah. is the perfect genre to prove that auteur theory is pointless. <laughs> yeah, because like it held up, well, it it held together. But yeah, if you want to talk like about auteur theory, how about we do some panning game discussion, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> still haven't seen that one. Got to see it. I. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> I responded far too well to that film. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many reviews I read that said, well, if you just take out the movie, it's or take out the music, it's not a good movie. The well, if you take out the music, the movie doesn't exist. I agree. I think that is totally silly. That is as integral of a part of the movie as anything else. You can't say that. I don't think you can say that about any part of the movie. If the music is enough to give you pleasure while you watch a movie, watch the movie. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, fake facial hair, terrible. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I did not. No. Um, but the the fake teeth, I felt like Rami really pulled off. Oh, like he yeah. He really committed, and they, they got the up inside the mouth shots really yeah. convincingly to the point where I really believed that stuff. And I think yeah. the lips, the lip sync editing overall was really well mm. done. Yeah, I would agree. That was about the uh, only connection that came to mind when I was thinking about Bohemian Rhapsody and the deuce was Larry putting those teeth in <laughs> and looking like Freddie Mercury. Okay, okay. I like <laughs> That's all it. I got. Um, no, but, yeah, but I, I, I think that I'm definitely giving a quarter of a star just mm. to that lip sync ability that Rami yeah. was able to do that so well you know, mm-hmm. that it was so perfectly timed that there was yeah. maybe two times that I was drawn out just because of a slight off timing. Otherwise, yeah. it was really well done. Yeah, so. I would agree. Um, I'm definitely giving it more cushion, but yeah. I, I think it's a generally good film rather than a generally mm. bad film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found it generally pleasant, right? Um, even if it was fami- very familiar feeling, and I don't think that this is doing anything to like advance movie going. There are some movies that you think are great movies, particularly because you feel like they're doing something so different, so something so daring. This feels very familiar, but it's pleasant enough for me. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly better than X Men Apocalypse. So, nah, any Brian Singer. Victims can look forward to that at least. Yeah, he didn't completely destroy this movie. There you go. It is not a terrible movie. Is that what we're saying? That is what we're saying. <laughs> okay. And if you like Queen, you'll like this. 
there that's a strong enough selling point i think Cheers. deuce five and six do it look at you look at you look at us bound for glory who would have thought right Cheers. Cheers. You take a big swig of that full cup. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Still quite dank. Still quite dank. Pine needles down my tummy. Mm. Next time we go to order it, we'll say, down with the dankness, extra dank. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull out our vaporizers <laughs> and take a big old hit. Uh, so we're at five and six of La Deuce. We are. I am a little bit more enthralled with these two episodes than the previous two episodes, but I still have some criticism. Where are you at on these two? I still like these two quite a bit. Um, I think uh, we get one of uh, very few emotional crescendos in one of these episodes when uh, Lori kind of has her breakdown in front of Candy about uh, her relationship with Cece, remember mm-hmm. that in the, in her apartment, she's at Candy's apartment to interview or not interview uh, audition for mm-hmm. the movie, and that's when she has her big breakdown. Um, uh, to me, that was one of the few moments in the show where a character does kind of have a big breakdown. Otherwise, the show is kind of um, restrained in its emotion. Uh, but I thought that was an effective scene. Um, Anyways, awfully specific to just jump in. But, yes, I'm still with these two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm skeptical of the breakdown scene. Oh, come Uh, on. uh, You're cruel. I'm skeptical of her as an actress. You're so mean. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not thoroughly convinced by her as a performer. Um, Mm. In these two episodes, uh, basically when I'm looking at my non-existent rich watch wrist watch rich mm. watch i'm thinking mm. when's maggie come back when's mm. david crumholtz come back when does james franco come back why am i looking at this girl from season one who used to work for cc who now is not a good actress <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought it was very emotional that's that is one of the only that mo- is the only moment in this show that i that made me well up to be fully honest, I, did I, I not, thought it was deeply. Emotional. I have not welled up at this show. Yeah, I did well up during Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? Mm-hmm. When was that? Uh, it was a couple times, and it wasn't any specific moment. It was just the beauty of the music. It might have been mm. when they were recording Bohemian Rhapsody, actually. Mm. Just kind of this They'll overwhelming sense of the beauty of the music, not the mm. film. Yeah, not the film, the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, Cold War probably had me well up oh yeah definitely that's that's overwhelming filmmaking mm-hmm. for sure but this show <laughs> no all right um then making the movie on the streets of new york great fun okay great okay. Thank best God. part of the show besides when james franco's gone yeah um i don't remember if it's in five or six that uh mr pipolo's watching them shoot a scene and Larry gets hit by the cop car. Six. Yeah. And Mr. Pippolo is like, my God, God, that looked realistic. That was pretty funny. So I think that, I think that them getting that secondary James Franco brother mm-hmm. brought in 
as an interest part to this porn movie Mm -hmm. is really good for the show Mm. because then it makes it more interesting and it it's it's got better Mm. actors bringing about Mm. a focus and an interest on what's happening with this film because we have Mm. maggie and we have james yeah both with a reserved interest in the picture that is different she's focused on artistic sensibilities and he's focused on making money off of it yeah and they're each wheeling and dealing with different shitty dudes to get it done yeah and i think that's where the show really works and really you, you know economically brings into that brings the viewer into that ecosystem of new york yeah you know it's got the mob it's got the porn world it's mm. got uh, a girl that has to deal with dicks it's got a, a guy that has to hold the mob at bay but also keep the mob interested it's yeah you know it's really working every angle in a great yeah. way yeah it's easily like the clearest like bit of suspense you know candy now has a film that's backed by the mob and she doesn't even no know it um and she's excited will... by it yes and so is david crumholtz yes um that something will Harvey, come of that right. i can only imagine yeah. yes um and then main james franco just boring you don't find him charming no his plot line yeah of course yeah. he's charming he's james fucking franco yeah but yeah. i mean his story in the show is just boring at this point mm. yeah i oh, mean oh look it... he's at the bar oh look he won't take his nephew on as a bar hand oh look mm. his girlfriend took the envelope and he doesn't know where the envelope went like mm. it's not interesting yeah I, I i don't know i i i almost find his passivity interesting and in how he thinks by kind of just what he thinks is okay and what's not okay does kind of interest me he thinks you know what i'll i'll take money from the mob i'll let my brother run the parlor but as long as i'm not there it's fine um you know his sense of what is what's wrong and and not wrong i think does kind of interest me um he i i agree he, but i don't think there's enough focus on it gotcha and yeah. that's that's the problem for me because he's such an interesting actor mm-hmm. to watch because this would be so yeah. interesting if we did a deep dive on it for 10 minutes mm. with him as yeah. a character at least between these two episodes if we would have spent an additional 10 minutes mm. on his thoughts on this yeah it would have it, it wouldn't be pushing me at arm's length but but all that stuff you're talking about i feel like while i agree with you i kind of think it's also reaching oh come on you know because you're mm. you're trying to reach for what he thinks about this stuff because you're not seeing it because it's not on the screen baby i mean yeah i mean r- r- reaching's a, w- a weird word it's not like a, i'm not i'm not uh i don't mean it's feeling not there, one but way I, I mean I, you're not seeing it um i don't know i it's, would kind of disagree to me he, but he has the conversation with his girlfriend about um him not being involved with the parlors right and he says no i, I leave that to my brother um mm-hmm. that's that's his deal even though he played it. He played a major role in getting these up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know that I would argue it's subtext. Um, I, I mean, what's happening between him and his brother seems like subtext. Mm. Um, and and I, I guess more specifically, that final conclusion in episode six, where he, uh, where she tells him that she always knew she thinks that mm. that kind of that like 
what are you talking about? We all always knew that this only exists because of the mob. Did you just <laughs> come to New York? Nothing in New York exists unless the mob has a fucking stake in it. Like, what are you talking about? Are you an insane person? Like... I, I don't know. Yeah. This show is is kind of like it's She's while it's working girl. for me, it's not working mm-hmm. for me. I would argue that halfway through the season one, she was still at NYU. Yeah, I, mean, I don't she know was that she had professors. She was smart, but I don't know that she really had a sense of whether or not you you a bar might she might right. join would be run by the mob. You, you really <laughs> might be right, but when I was watching the show, I was like, how could anyone not know that this is run by the mob? Like, you have a mobster in there every single time we're in the bar. Yeah. There's always a mobster in there. Yeah. Like, how do you not know? Well, and, you know. and, you know, she we have the benefit <laughs> of being alive now, knowing that every single thing in New York and mm. Boston was ran by the mob or the mafia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I find it very hard to believe that someone wouldn't know that. But that... Mm. Th- that does make it a little bit easier for me to handle her innocence in thinking that she can bring about change mm, in these yeah. other venues of her character. Because if yeah. she really didn't know that, then maybe that's why she really does think that she can make changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, he thinks he's doing the right thing so long as he isn't an active participant in any of these activities. She seems mm-hmm. to think you need to actively be responding to these things in mm-hmm. order to be on the right side of this um, meanwhile she's taking money from the mob for her right. own cause oh absolutely yeah yeah um, which happens at the end with the envelope yeah yeah um i think it was in six that uh james franco's brother his son gets in that fight at school and then he you know starts bringing him to work and stuff like that i think that was pretty uh, spot on casting of that kid mm-hmm. because my god did he just look over his head mm-hmm. in some of these environments he looked just so green and young and so and... excited to be in the parlor <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, I don't know if they're really going to follow through with with him as a character and if they'll actually like um, keep him around um, but uh, he's one of the few men we've seen come into this world just sort of bewildered we've otherwise just seen girls coming in you know off a plane picked up by a pimp brought into this world to see it through a boy's eyes and sort of be awestruck by it um i I think reality might come crashing into him just like his dad kind of wants it to even Mm -hmm. if you kind of question the dad's actually trying well the other thing is he got kicked out of school but for how long yeah. At the at the pacing of the show, meaning real world timing of the show, I can't see us revisiting him. Yeah. Other than as uh, an ornament within the house yeah. when he comes home, because it's just it's rolling along so fast. We got three episodes mm. left after this. Yeah. You know, like y- you can't spend much more time with him. Yeah. And then we're going to jump another decade. Yeah. And then it's going to be quick. over. So. Yeah. It is quick. It's. I think it's very restrained by, by what's happening with this yeah. timeline. It's really yeah. suffering from it. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a good chunk of these episodes is watching uh, Candy film the movie, and I was enjoying. That's what all I. Of that. I liked that. I liked uh, getting our two left shoes. I liked. That uh, was funny. Yeah. I I, I like 
most of those general moments. I really enjoyed um, the opening of the upscale um, establishment by, yeah. run by our, our ex-gay bartender, who's no longer a bartender, but yeah. is now running um, with his partner, I think, this kind of upscale dining joint. Yeah, yeah. That's, I can't tell if it's supposed to be like a, a gay fine establishment or, yeah. or not. Based yeah. on that scene with the, um, what, what would you contextualize, like the community meeting maybe that they have? Oh, right, where he's pitching, um, yeah. where he's and, looking and for like a license all the, or something. all the homophobes in the community are kind of yeah. complaining about what's happening. Yeah. Although rightfully yeah. so, as we later go to other denizens of New York and, and we see yeah. basically just men walking around without any clothes on at all, yeah. uh, kissing each other and, and getting blown at the same time. Yeah. And, basically no words happen it's just walking sex capades <laughs> yeah yeah i you're right i kind of forgot about how that scene positioned it to maybe sound like a gay establishment but then that when it actually opens it looks like yeah that's not that so, that's yeah. where i i don't really know because it doesn't seem that way but i don't yeah. know if perhaps it is and that just hasn't come across yet yeah I, maybe it's I don't meant quite to be know. subtle Maybe that's but the it's, nice point. Regardless, yeah. it's a beautiful establishment. I want to go there. Yeah. Kick it. <laughs> Great music. Ritzy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uppity. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed their their plot line in um, trying to get their business going, trying to, um, you know, work their way out from the uh, influence of the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, and I, yeah. I like the, like the honest portrayal of homophobia in New York. Like I, yeah. I like they're yeah. not pulling punches and they're showing how hard it is for them, but also showing that there's these two yeah. community leaders that are also gay. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, that are gonna go to bat for this establishment. Yeah, yeah. You kind of want to give a little clap for that guy. Yeah, you, you right? wanted to cheer that guy on, right? He's like, yeah. Are there any other gay members of the board? And then the gal next to him raises her, her hand. hand. Great. And he's like, okay. Any other questions? Moving on. And then uh, the girl next to him's like, "I wasn't being homophobic, or like I was, I wasn't being mean." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, really? I've grown up in New York. I I know what you're saying." Yeah. And that yeah. was just like a great, like that's where the show shines when yeah. it's showing the true, uh, what feels like the lifeblood of New York. You know. Yeah. And I feel like we're not getting enough of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just just a little hurried mm-hmm. for your liking. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but you thought this was a bit of a turning point, right? As you saw the um, the morals guy at mm-hmm. the very end of episode six, mm-hmm. I think, going into the well, shower with, a, with another guy. It, it wasn't... Yes, it is a turning point because he's acted like he is holier than thou and he has no other agenda in mind. Mm-hmm. But then we come to find out that perhaps he does have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And the episode six seems to be this message of these community organizers. Um, they're heroic and mm. their depiction of the show seem to have a, a theme in common, which is that they are homosexual. Mm. Yeah. Which is just an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. I don't know how historically accurate it is, but it is a very interesting thing to consider for the show. Yeah. And what their yeah. message might may be. Because the show... Yeah very clearly has at least nine messages <laughs> yeah um, it's at the start of six i think that we see him like with his wife and two kids at the breakfast table the start of a morning and i thought mm-hmm. to myself like oh we get we're gonna get like a representation of somebody who's just 
outside of all this heteronormative traditional guy nope completely subverted no (laughs) we're gonna go to a spa where uh one dude's getting a hand job and another guy puts Mm. his hand on his knee and then he goes into a separate locker room and closes the door and the show will end Mm. and we'll be left uh you know considering what might have happened behind those doors yeah yeah so not as simple as I thought it was going to be. And then be. it's do His we character. do we criticize him or or is he forgivable or you, you know it's mm. it is working yeah. on that level with it. It's interesting, but the problem is there's only three more episodes. Yeah, and we're a decade further, and we got to wait mm. a year. Like ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying you liked the lesbian character who I, runs the. I love the her. Peach She's show. great. She is great. She's but such not, a strong character. But not she so much the girl. She actually engages with and helps out of rehab um it's not that i'm against her by any means it's Mm. that she's not really a defined character so i'm not Mm. at all interested in her whereas it feels like the other Mm. character is much more defined even though she's Mm. reserved and not talking she doesn't have these speaking roles she feels Mm. like a legitimate tangible character that i'm really interested Mm. in seeing develop yeah yeah that's interesting i mean i think i i completely agree and that's but but I think I liked it and you just didn't. Like, to me, she is, you know, one we're just learning less about. But I think actress, or acting-wise, she just, she has this look of defeat about her that I mm-hmm. find very intriguing and empathetic. But, like, and, defeat that isn't defeated. Yeah, like, she's hanging in there. She's and, still punching um, up. Yeah, and, like, with how ruthless the show is for so much of the time like when characters finally just help each other like it's a great relief like it's it was quite nice to finally see her getting some help from this other girl that that happened a few times in this episode right yeah yeah definitely um or characters are just coming to stand up for themselves um like the the gal with the glasses Mm -hmm. you're less enthused about quite less Um, enthused about but um you know regardless of the acting it's at least a shift in the the characterizations that makes it like a little more um palatable when you see these characters either helping each other or helping themselves like Mm -hmm. oh thank god because i can't watch this anymore (laughs) um it's you know same kind of feeling you get when you watch darlene trying to put herself through school yes right um that we used to get when we were watching darlene put herself through school yeah yeah there you go because the, the show kind of doesn't focus on that anymore. <laughs> Much to well, my six, you, you, you see her going out to dinner with a guy, right? At a diner who she meets through class. Mm-hmm. That was a nice moment. And then he puts her porn on the television. And she Does sits, he do that? Oh, it's when she goes... Or is that her customer? She goes tricking, right? She goes tricking, yeah. And Never used that verb before. Perhaps, yes. perhaps she has a regular... Um, who puts her porn on the television and um, wants mm. to watch it with her while they engage in intimacy. And yeah. uh, she says, no, I won't even hear it. You can look at it, but I'm going to face away from the TV and the volume mm. has to be off. Yeah, yeah. Which I did think was an interesting moment. Like, it's it's played for a laugh yeah, in I a way. Yeah, I don't quite get it. So to me, that does sort of rhyme with the, the last shot of episode six when Candy's watching herself in the porn. Hmm. Um, to me, these these women have um, ha- have have had to do this for a living, and now are doing it on film. But they've never had to watch themselves do it. Um, I think that would be startling 
have to watch yourself do this with somebody you don't care about, you don't love. Um, they talk, especially Candy, she talks about these things so passionately. But then to have to look at it and look at yourself. Um, I Through thought, the looking glass, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that that was going to be a more triumphant ending than it was. But the look on her face was was rather ambiguous. And I think had I not seen Darlene have it, have her reaction um, when she saw herself on the video, I might have not felt the same way. But to me, it would it would be jarring to, to suddenly look at yourself mm-hmm. on TV. So I thought that was interesting. Um, a nice, a nice, a nice way to end it. Um, considering I thought it was going to be a note of, um, success, I guess. Um, but I think she still will have success. I still think this movie's going to turn out. Okay. Oh, I do, do too. Yeah. I, that's the problem. Exactly. I think people are going to right? Different people have have ownership now in this mm-hmm. movie. 25% stake. That profits. is going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. So that's getting to what I want to ask you. Um, a couple episodes ago, I asked you when we started watching The Deuce if you thought anyone was going to die. Mm. What do you think now? <sighs> yes, I do think... Um, one relationship that I think will come to a head is is uh, the gal with the glasses and Cece. Mm-hmm. she literally like threatens him almost she says like i want to see you buried right um they keep finding each other and i i, I think I, I i sense that that's going to culminate in something i sense that cc's relationship with um Lori as well who he punches will also probably come to a head who's gonna get knocked off i don't know but i just feel like some of the i feel like screen time wise cc's mm. been getting a lot of it <laughs> yes. You know what happened in Game of Thrones when people got a lot of screen time? They lost their heads. <laughs> Very true. This is why it helps to watch a lot of television. It does. <laughs> I, I agree. I think CC might be rolling. Yep. Uh, anybody else? Um, I don't know. We've had two robberies now where all of our kind of good good guys, quote, unquote, kind of got away with it. I'm a little concerned about um, one of the James Franco brothers who's getting more involved in those robberies. Mm. Um, I'm a little worried about it. I'm different. I kind of differ from you because I think that that James Franco maybe has a better working relationship with the mob now. Mm. Whereas the person who's pulling those jobs with him, Mike, works for the other James Franco. And I'm thinking there might be a shootout of one of these bars. That he owns while he's in there, and that maybe maybe Mike and him go down. That is maybe the brother too, not the other James brother, but the brother who has this. You know, seems entirely plausible. Um, Yeah, I mean that that scene in three or four where we do see that one mobster pop somebody in the street just shows you, you know. It, it's it's our visual evidence for how willing they are to do it, mm-hmm. right? They're willing to set a, a parlor on fire. We already knew it. They've showed us they're going to do it. It does sh- sure seem like foreshadowing of a character we have come to come to love finally getting mm-hmm. knocked off. Yeah, and it's about been, time they've been building this up. Yeah, know? like I, yeah. I definitely see it coming. And I think that what they should do is they should kill Lori. Ooh, <laughs> that would hurt. It would. I feel like that'd be the most earned one. Mm. 
Because, like, we wouldn't want it, but it would, like, she's already done her arc. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it would be yeah. kind of the perfect punctuation. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it was at the very end of uh, season one in the last episode that a uh, prostitute gets pushed out the window. Mm-hmm. She says, my name is Ruby. And the guy gets pissed off and pushes her out. Um, so this, I think it does, the show does like to wait, right? Until, until the right time. It's not, deaths are doled out pretty incrementally in Game of Thrones. I think mm-hmm. this really likes to wait for its capstone moment. When you say incrementally, <laughs> do you mean just constantly? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. That was, yeah, <laughs> generous. Um, so I, I guess the other thing is, I generally, by episode six, got from this i i guess you'd call it like a gay undercurrent of the episode mm. that maybe they're setting up uh a conversation about aids by episode nine. Oh yeah that, i i really feel like aids is coming i did too um not just because we watched bohemian rhapsody but because it was partly because of bohemian rhapsody actually that it came to mind <laughs> we watched bohemian rhapsody yeah. <laughs> yeah it does feel like it's gonna I, come in hard that, and fast maybe kind of underground scene where it was just all these naked men having sexual jovialities with each other like yeah i just really got the sense that there's aids and that it's yeah. in probably not our um community board guy mm, who's sitting yeah. up the city but the the guy who's running this high uh, society the dining hall now yeah. i feel like he's gonna die because he's a really um convincing character I, yeah. I really feel emotions for him. Um, yeah, he definitely. seems really grounded. He seems he he just seems like the perfect guy to give AIDS to. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, Sadly, oh, mm. like as a writer, you know, like yeah. that's that's who the uh, the audience is grounded to. You want to kill him? Yeah, yeah. It's, especially if if the the other guy doesn't have it, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen the other one in this underground scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's that relationship will fall apart exactly. um, as a result and perhaps um, entirely plausible hey he and that community fellow will have a relationship with like the same guy and yeah. so maybe by the time it ends he'll have died but someone he was having a sexual relationship with will perhaps be with this other guy so we'll know that guy's about to die maybe yeah. coming into season three yeah I, I do think that there could be an interesting thing going on with aids by the end of this season yeah building into i agree season. yeah um gonna happen it's just a matter of when i think i think you're right um yeah i don't know that i have a lot else you method man's good dude method man's rocking it he's he's a good actor yeah i'm very impressed with him so far definitely um he's got some swagger but he's intimidating and kind of repulsive at the same time just another one of those characters who you are kind of drawn to and um want to get away from him at the same time but like common he's just he's good yeah like as an he actor just, he's just straight up good like he's got this magnetism and gravity to him yeah it makes him good yeah yeah and and it and it works very quickly he just kind of shows up you believe he's there yep doing yeah his thing yeah um, he, he kind of brings yeah. a slice of the world with him yeah especially with how short his time is on the screen he has really small parts um he shows up at the the, the peep show one time with the lesbian girl mm-hmm. but it's i don't think there's anything to even come from it they just like talk for a minute it's oh i think it's because he's looking for shay the mm-hmm. girl who i went to rehab I, yeah i kind of remember that now um 
Yeah, so maybe maybe he will get a little more screen time if uh, he comes looking for her. Mm-hmm. And more, if Cece more, gets more, killed, more we gotta him. we gotta give him more time to repent. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's uh, Method Man's rooting for Cece to get killed off. Yeah, more screen time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess that wraps up uh, Le Deuce and this episode. Rating wise, where are you at with it? Just to take the temperature. Uh, 3.3, so 3.5, if we're going by letterbox standards. There you go. All right. Solid five here. Oh, yeah. A perfect score? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is disgusting. (laughs) Run! Go! Get to the chopper! We have to go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant.